Amen. <clears throat> well, again, happy Palm Sunday. Um, we've been kind of marching towards Easter the last few weeks, and um, I just want to share, you know, as I was um, praying about today and what the Lord wanted me to share, you know, I've, I've, I've lived through 35 Palm Sundays now. Um, and it's, a, and it's a significant day in our faith, right? It's, it's kind of the, the prelude to Easter. And, you know, I was just asking the Lord, like, you know, why, why is Palm Sunday significant? And what does it truly mean? And I started to talk to the Lord about it, and he was kind of sharing some things today. So today's message is titled, When Expectations Don't Match Reality. When Expectations Don't Match Reality. So... This week, I just want to talk about when we set expectations uh, in our head about different things and when they often don't match what actually happens. Uh, and when I, was, when I was talking to the Lord about Palm Sunday, that's truly what happened. Uh, as the Lord came into Jerusalem, they celebrated Him. And that video highlights that well. They celebrated Him, but they expected Him to be something and do something that He wasn't going to do. Same with the disciples. Here they have their teacher, their leader, their king riding in on this donkey, celebrated like he's a celebrity. Wow, this is going to be awesome. Jesus is going to do some incredible things. And then not more than a week later, he's dying on the cross. You can imagine how their expectations were tainted or how they expected one thing to happen and what actually happened looked very different. So I want to talk about that specifically, but I also want to talk about how that ties back to our own lives. When our expectations don't match what actually happens, the reality of what happens. So I want to ask you a question, and this is going to kind of be the concept of today. So be chewing on this and thinking about this throughout the rest of the service. Have you ever had a situation in your life where the expectations that you had ended up not meeting the reality of what happened? I want to ask that again. Have you ever had a situation in your life where the expectations that you had ended up not meeting the reality of what happened? <clears throat> Maybe this is in your career, your marriage, a friendship, a relationship. We all have and create expectations for people, for situations, whatever it may be. We all create these plans in our head, right? Of this is what my life is going to look like, and this is what my spouse is going to be like, and this is how they need to act, and this is how my kids need to act, and all of these things, right? We have expectations. We do it. And what happens when those expectations don't end up being the reality? Oftentimes, these expectations that we put, whether it's on ourselves or on other people or in situations, aren't realistic. Imagine the 21-year-old that just graduated college. I have expectations. I'm going to be CEO someday. And they get to the end of their working life. They're you know, in their late 60s or whatever time they decide to retire, and they never made it. Their expectations didn't match the reality. When I was a kid, you know, in elementary school, you, had to, you often had to write, like, what are you going to be when you grow up, right? Well, I grew up in the 90s, and in the 90s, if you were a basketball fan... Michael Jordan 
was the king, he was the best, and, and I still think he's the best basketball player of all time, but he was the best. And, you know, I grew up in Wisconsin, but I was a Chicago Bulls fan because everyone was a Chicago Bulls fan. They were fun to watch. And I, I can probably go back and find these books in my parents' house, but I would write, I'm going to be a professional basketball player like Michael Jordan. I'm going to be the next Michael Jordan. Obviously, that didn't happen. Too short, probably not athletic enough, but I had high expectations, high hopes for what my life was going to be as a child. I think if you were to ask my kids, Graham would probably say he wants to be some sort of baseball player, some sort of professional athlete. Graham is incredible at baseball. Do I think he will be a professional baseball player? I don't know. But those are his expectations for himself. Now, Elijah, he's got a little more say. He wants to just drive big trucks. That's what he wants to do. So he, the, but even at a young age, Elijah's five. He has expectations for what his life is going to be. Marriage can also be a time when you have expectations on your spouse, what your relationship needs to look like. Congratulations, by the way. Let's give it up for Heidi and Kim again. They're, they're back. Officially, officially the guests now. Um, but in marriage, you can have expectations for your spouse, right? Like you can go into it saying, my wife or my husband is going to be da 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 right? And then you get into your marriage and you quickly realize, that's probably not the case. And again, that's not that... It's not that you can't ever say, I hope that my wife or my husband has this. But we put expectations on them. I remember when we first got married, and maybe I've shared some of this, but there were definite expectations that Sheree and I had for each other. You know, I was like, oh, Sheree, she's going to be able to cook, and she's going to do all these things. And Sheree, conversely, was like, well, Adam, he needs to be able to fix a car, and he needs to do all these things that I was not capable of doing. Thankfully, I've learned a lot in the last 15 years, but we had these expectations based off of things that we had gone through, right? We compare people in situations to someone, maybe it's our parents, maybe it's a grandparent or a friend, or maybe it's a couple that you've seen, wow, their marriage is something that I ascribe to be, a, I expect my marriage to be like theirs, when you don't even know what happens when they're at home. You might see them in public, right? So we have these these expectations, we build them up. And oftentimes, those expectations aren't met. So you can imagine, I want you to put yourself in the shoes of Peter or James or John or any one of the disciples. And I want you to think about what it had to have been like to follow Jesus this entire time during his ministry. See him do all these miraculous things. Heal people, you know, re repair sight, um, you know, heal people to make them walk. All of these incredible things, water and wine, feeding the 5,000. You see all of these things. Your expectations of what Jesus can do are immense, right? Yet they still had problems. They still had moments where they doubted, right? They still had moments when their faith wasn't where it needed to be because they're human. They have expectations for them. So here they are, and, and we'll get into the word. We're going to turn to, if you want to turn to it right now, Matthew chapter 21. We're going to start in verse 1. Um, but we get into it. They're with Jesus. We're excited. Jesus, is, he, he comes and he gets to Jerusalem, and he sends his disciples forward to get him a donkey. So we're going to pick it up there uh, in, in Matthew chapter 21, verse 1. <clears throat> Go ahead and follow along. On the screen is the NLT, if you've got another translation. 
Uh, feel free to, to read it out of that. Um, but it says, As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethpage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you are doing, just say, The Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, Tell the people of Jerusalem, Look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in highest heaven. The entire city, that's a lot of people, the entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this, they asked. And the crowds replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. I have a moment towards the end there. Nowadays, that last, that last portion where people ask, who is this? Nowadays, everyone would have known who Jesus was. Everything would have been on social media, the Instagram. It would have been a celebrity at that point, right? Oh my gosh, here comes Jesus riding into town. But the fact that people didn't know who he was is impressive. Can you imagine, like close your eyes and think about that for a minute, of being there, watching Jesus ride into Jerusalem. It had to have been an incredible sight. People just excited, expecting Jesus to come and be their king. And he was, but in a different way than what they expected. Their expectations didn't match the reality of what happened. And I don't know about you, but I've never received that kind of treatment. I've never had anybody roll the red carpet out for me as I walk into Target. No, that doesn't happen, right? Maybe you all have, and if, if you have, I'd love to hear that story because that'd be pretty fun. But most of us don't know what that's like to have people celebrating us when we come in. Whoa! Here they, look at here he is, he's coming, whoa! Imagine what that had to have been like for everyone there. Literally people taking the shirt off their back and laying it on the ground for a donkey to walk across, right? Creating a pathway for Jesus to ride in. And I would say, and you could probably all agree with me, they had high expectations for Jesus, right? High expectations. Can you remember a time in your life when you had high expectations? I want to share a story with you. My parents will get a kick out of this. Uh, when I was young, I was probably four or five, and I know I've, I've told you, Christmas is my favorite holiday for all the, all the reasons, right? Um, every Christmas when I was real young, <clears throat> we would go, we'd celebrate Christmas as a family in our home, and then we would go to Red Wing to my grandma's house. Um, and that lasted until I was probably 10 or 11, until my grandma was too old to host, and then she'd come to our house. But this occasion... We went to my grandma's house. I was four or five, and I had a cousin 
who was about nine months older than me. So about the same age. We grew up together, and um, I was excited. My grandma gave the best gifts. She was, it was just so fun. That was just, I was pumped. I had high expectations for that moment, for what was going to happen. And we get, we, we open gifts at home and it's great. And we go to my grandma's um, and we get to the moment of opening the gifts. And I don't remember this entirely, but I remember portions of it. And there's pictures of me, so you can imagine. I think I was wearing, and to correct me if I'm wrong, I had suspender, like red suspenders on, a red, like a white or red button down with like red pants or blue pants. Well, I looked pretty sharp for a four or five year old. It was pretty great. So we get to the moment of opening the gifts. And I open my gifts, and inside are Thomas the Train pajamas. You can imagine, as a four or five-year-old, how excited I was to get Thomas the Train pajamas. My cousin then opens up his gifts. You know, he gets Batman action figures, Batman toys. I think he got a Batman face mask that he could wear. My expectations for that afternoon did not match the reality of what happened. I was devastated. You know, you can, you're a little kid. You're like, he got all the cool stuff. I got pajamas, right? Like you can all remember a time in your life when that's happened, right? Where you have a birthday or a Christmas and you're like, this is it. And you open the gift and you're like, what is this? What is this, right? You had high expectations. And what actually happened didn't actually happen, right? And I tell that story because, it, A, it's funny, but also because even as a young child, we have expectations for what moments and events are going to look like. You can imagine that as this is happening for the disciples, and everyone that's there, they're like, wow, Jesus is going to come in. He's going to overthrow the Romans. This is going to be awesome. We're, we're going to get our, it's going to be back to normal. But it didn't match what actually happened. Just like on that Christmas morning, it didn't match like it had happened. When in your life have expectations not met reality? And how did you handle it? You know, as we think about this time when the disciples are walking into Jerusalem with Jesus, you can almost hear the chatter between them. Isn't this amazing? Peter, look at this. Yeah, Peter. John would probably be over there saying, yeah, but he loves me the most. Anyways, you can hear the conversation back and forth. Wow, this is so cool. Can you believe this is happening? This is going to be the best. And then a few days later, they're falling asleep on him as he's praying in the garden. Not too long after that, Peter's denying that he ever even knew him. So you have this moment of excitement. Jesus is riding in on a donkey. He's got the palm trees, the, the, the row, all the clothes, everything. It's this moment of like, wow. And then what transpires over the course of the next few days is pretty unbelievable. And the expectations that they initially had quickly faded. At the Last Supper, Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me. Can you imagine the disciples are like, wait a minute. Who's going to do that? Obviously, Jesus points out that it's Judas, as you read on, but that would be a shock to your system. Don't we all love him? He's our teacher. He's our leader. We love him. How would anyone betray him? Again, expectations crashed. 
Then Jesus says, I need to go to the garden to pray. Will you come with me and keep watch? They couldn't even stay awake because they were too tired. And what, what, what ends up happening? Judas, Judas brings the Roman soldiers. They arrest Jesus. Again, expectations dashed. Jesus then goes, and we all know, we know how the story goes. He gets flogged, scourged, beaten more than anyone should ever be beaten. And then has to carry his cross to Calvary. I can't even imagine being a disciple in that moment of going from this exuberance, this excitement, this incredible rush. Like I imagine, for those of you that are sports fans, uh, maybe you're a basketball or a football fan, I've gone to a few games at Lambeau, because we're Packer fans, and man, when the star player, when Aaron Rodgers runs out of the tunnel, it gets loud in there. People are pumped. Yeah, Rodgers, yeah, right? I can only imagine that it was similar when Jesus wrote, oh my gosh, this is Jesus, it's so cool. And how quickly those expectations changed. And the beauty of it, and what I want to get into, what I want to get into is just because our expectations don't match reality doesn't mean that God isn't still working through them. Right? We might have our own expectations. The disciples had their own expectations of what Jesus was going to do, but God's plan was better. And sometimes it's hard for us when our expectations that we set don't match our reality or the reality of what happens. Because in our mind, we've already made up what is going to happen, yet God is standing over here saying, wait a minute, I've got something better for you. I've already planned something better for you. Do you trust me? Right? Do you trust me? As the story goes on, Jesus is crucified. He gets buried in, um, buried in the tomb. And then a few days later, he rises again. And as you read in the, in the book of John, uh, the Gospel of John, it tells of when John and Peter approached the tomb. We'll talk about this next week as well. But they get there and they're almost like, how could this be? How did he rise again? Newsflash, Jesus told him he was going to do it. Right? He shared what the reality was. He told them this is what the plan is. Yet they still struggled with that. In fact, the disciples and those that are around him had expectations. Yet if you read in the book of Matthew, Jesus tells them three separate times that he's going to be handed over and killed. Yet they were still not expecting it, right? I want to share another example of a time when another prominent figure in the Word had expectations shattered. So go ahead and turn to Psalms 27. We're going to read verse 14. So Psalm 27, 14. Our expectations often don't match reality because we don't want to wait. We don't want to be patient before the Lord. Psalm 27, verse 14 says, and this is written by King David, Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Patience. Patience. Just talking to Elijah this week about patience. We were listening to an audio book and they were talking about the fruit of the Spirit. They used long-suffering and Elijah was like, what's long-suffering mean? And I said, it means patience. It means having patience. 
We might establish expectations in our life, and they might not be the reality, but are you waiting patiently for the Lord to do what He does, right? And honestly, expectations can be tough, especially when things don't go as we had planned or in the timing that we thought, right? In the timing that we thought. Maybe that's in your, in your job. And I know I've shared moments in my career with Target where I expected to get promoted and I didn't. And it, it brought a lot of frustration. Like, Lord, I have these expectations on myself. Like, why? I, I deserve this. This is, I've worked hard for this. Yet every single time that's happened, the plan that God has brought me to is so much better than I could have thought or imagined. Right? There was one time I thought I was going to get promoted and I was going to be running a Target store. And I thought I had deserved it. And somebody else got put there. And Shree can attest to this. I was frustrated. I spent three months of my life, pour, like hours and hours and hours, pouring into trying to solve this problem and, and did a, a nice job and ended up not getting promoted. But what ended up happening was I got a different job where my schedule was right, where I had more time with my family. I made connections at work that I would never have made had I gotten that job. And I've been able to reflect back on it and say, wow, I had expectations. And when they weren't met, I was frustrated. But the reality of what happened, God's plan and what He had planned and prepared for me was so much better than I could have ever thought or imagined. But what I had to do is I had to wait patiently for the Lord. I had to wait patiently for the Lord. And oftentimes waiting is the hardest part. It's the hardest part, right? When you have to wait, when you're like, I don't get it. Why is this not happening right now? I don't like to wait. My kids don't like to wait. I don't like to wait. If I want something, I want to know, right? But often the Lord is saying, just be patient. Do you trust me to do what I'm going to do? My plan is better. Isaiah also talks about this in Isaiah chapter 40. Cliff's got it up on the screen. It says, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. The first words in that are, but those who trust in the Lord. Those who trust in the Lord. Do you trust that when your expectations are not met, that the Lord has a better plan? That you can trust that He is your strength. That you will soar on wings like eagles. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not faint. When our expectations don't meet reality, sometimes it can be hard. But the Lord is telling us, just trust me. Just trust me. Waiting is also something that takes practice. Impatience, our nature, our flesh is impatient, right? You ever want a candy bar? You go, I want it now. I don't want it in 20 minutes. I want it now, right? You're impatient. And that's why patience is a fruit of the Spirit. It takes practice. Let me ask you a question. You ever seen a fruit tree, like an apple tree, uh, an orange tree, a lemon tree? 
ever come out of the ground and instantly have fruit that can be, that can be eaten? No. You know why? Because it takes time for that tree to mature enough where it can be producing fruit. Patience is just like that. It takes time for us to grow in patience. It's not something that happens overnight. You can ask my kids. They would tell you, no, patience is hard. I, don't, I think Elijah even said this week, I don't like to wait. I don't want to wait. But it's true. If you look at a tree, it takes time. It takes time for that tree to produce fruit. The only time in our history that, that trees were created that had fruit bearing right away was at the beginning, when God created the earth. Otherwise, in order for a tree to bear fruit, it does take time. It needs to mature, to grow, to have roots that are firmly planted. It needs the right nutrients. We have a lemon tree in our house. How long have we had that tree? Four years? Five years? No fruit. Still just a flowers. That's right. Close. Close. No fruit, though. Someday, someday that bush, we're going to come out and there's going to be a, a, a juicy lemon there. Someday. But it's not there yet. It's, it's still maturing. It's still growing. And maybe if it was out in the wild, it'd probably do better. But it gets the, the nutrients of our house. And we are no different. When our expectations don't match the reality of what happens, oftentimes the Lord is telling us we need to wait. It could be that we need to mature enough until He puts us in that position. And that's not saying you're, you're a better Christian. It just means that you're not ready for that next step in your life. Right? There's a time and a place for everything to come to pass. So often when we have expectations that don't match reality. God is just saying, wait. There's something bigger, better. I know that if I were thrown into being a parent when I was 14, 15, 16 years old, I would not have been equipped to be a parent. Because when I did become a parent when I was 20, hold on, 26, thank you, I did do the quick math. I still didn't feel ready. I was thrown into it. We had a baby. Well, not really thrown into it. It was a decision, right? But, you know, you, you have to... You, <laughs> that was probably the wrong, that was the wrong way to say it, right? We knew that the baby was coming. It was part of the plan. It was still a shock, though, yes. You go from sleeping every night to not sleeping at all, and you go, I don't know what I'm doing. Thankfully, we have incredible parents that were like, it's okay. You will survive. Give me the baby. Go take a nap. Uh, but when you're younger, I, like, I, I, that's, like, I don't know. I wouldn't have been prepared. Me, myself, I was not mature enough to enter into that. There's a time and a place for everything. Turn with me. Uh, again, we're going to go back to the book of Psalm 62. Psalm 62, verses 5 through 8. Psalm 62, verses 5 through 8. Cliff is going to, he's got it up on the screen. I'm going to find it. I'm going to. Pull it up here in my Amplified as well. Um, verses 5 through 8, it says, Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. O oh, my people, trust in Him at all times. 
Pour out your heart to Him, for God is our refuge. When our expectations don't match reality, we need to remind ourselves that we put our hope and trust in the Lord, not in ourselves. If we try to do that, we will fail a hundred times out of a hundred. That the Lord is at work. Romans, Romans 8.28 says, All things work together to the, for the good to those who love Him. All things. It doesn't say some things. It says all things. All things. But you notice He doesn't say right now. He says all things will work together for good for those that love Him. That means that it's not always in our timing. And you can imagine these disciples, right? They see Jesus ride in on a donkey. They're excited, exuberant. Whoa, this is incredible. Jesus is going to come in and He's going to just, He's going to bring all the Jews. It's going to be back to normal, right? They see Him die and all of a sudden they're going, what happened? How did this happen? I don't understand. I had such high expectations for what we were going to do as a team, right? Yet they didn't see God at work in it. Jesus had to die. So that way his kingdom could be established in heaven and on earth. So he could go to the heavenly tabernacle. We were talking about this on Thursday night. To the heavenly tabernacle and become a sacrifice for our sin once and for all. They couldn't see that. They could only see what their earthly minds could show them. My goodness, my best friend just died. Now what do I do? And they went into hiding. They were afraid. We're going to end up dead like him. Self-preservation. And then when Jesus come back, they still, Thomas still doubted that he came back to life after he said it was going to happen. Because what they expected to happen didn't match the reality of what happened. And I want to remind us that we serve a great God. He can do infinitely more than we ask or think. Throw that one up there on Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20. Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. He can do infinitely more than we might ask or think. So that issue that you have at work, give it to God because He can do infinitely more than we we can ask or think. That relationship challenge that you have, give it to God. He can do infinitely more than we can ask or think. That sibling that just drives you nuts? I'm preaching, right? Give it to God. He can do it. He can repair it. He can make it right. He can do infinitely more than we ask or think. And the thing about the story of what happened between Palm Sunday and when Jesus died is that it should never have been a surprise. Jesus made it known to his disciples that it was going to happen. They just didn't expect to happen at that point. Jesus was young. He had only been doing ministry for a couple years. And to see that happen had to have been just... like I, I can only imagine if my best friend who I looked up to was my leader 
And all of a sudden, he's coming, and then he ends up dead. What that had to have done, right? Yet they were still human. They still had expectations. I want to begin to close with this. <clears throat> if you are a football fan, raise your hand if you enjoy football. Good. There's a few, a few football fans in here. Every September is a great month, right? Labor Day happens. You're ready for NFL kickoff. The preseason is done. Woohoo! But you're ready for, and you have high expectations. We're, we're Packer fans in my family, and I always tell people, if you're a Packer fan, you have been spoiled for the last 30 years. You went from one Hall of Fame quarterback to another Hall of Fame quarterback, right? Laura and George, I know you're not Packer fans, but... Right? Like, you are spoiled. We are, we've been so spoiled because we've had this incredible quarterback play. We'll see what happens this next year. But I always, as a Packer fan, I expect the Packers to win and to go to the Super Bowl. I do, because I'm spoiled. As a Detroit Lions fan, you don't expect that. Maybe, yes, but there was a long time that you were like, how bad are the Lions going to be this year, right? Or maybe, maybe football is not your sport. Maybe it's basketball. Maybe you're a basketball fan. The Timberwolves actually might do something this year. We'll see. We'll wait and see. But you have expectations before the season starts that my team is going to win it all. <clears throat> and as, as a fan, you can have those expectations because you aren't the one doing it. You're just watching. I always find it funny how you say, my team. <laughs> unless, you're, unless you are a stockholder for the Green Bay Packers, you don't have any ownership stake in any sort. There is no, there is no my in it. But we, we, we take that on. And then as the season goes on, your expectations either go up or they go crashing down, right? The, if your football team or your basketball team starts to win, you're like, yes, this is the year. If they don't, you start to look forward to the next year. That maybe the next year will be the year that my team wins it all. And oftentimes when your expectations are met, you're excited. Up, outside of this last year, the three previous years for the Packers, I expected them to win the Super Bowl. So every time they lost in the NFC Championship game, the last game before the Super Bowl, yes, you can imagine. I did not sleep much the next night. You, Shree can attest to that. I have a hard time. I have a hard time. I don't know why, but I have expectations on. Uh, it's right. Peace, exactly. Uh, but this past year, the Packers weren't very good. They ended up make, not even making it to the playoffs. There was a little hope at the end. But your expectations quickly turned to, how do we get better for next year? You start looking ahead. You start going, oh, my expectations weren't met. The only team that I think doesn't ever expect to make it to the Super Bowl is the Vikings. <laughs> Sorry, Viking fans. <laughs> uh, it's, just a little, it's just a little joke. And you know what? <clears throat> Oftentimes that happens to us in our life. Where we go into a new situation and we have high expectations. How many of all have ever started a new job? Raise your hands, right? You go into that job having high expectations. Man, this job's going to be great. I'm going to love everyone I work with. I'm going to enjoy the work that I do. And then you get into it and you go, is it Friday yet? Is it the weekend yet? We work all week for two days. That's a whole other discussion. But we have these high expectations on our job because this is going to be the job that gives me purpose. It's going to make me excited. 
Yet we often find that it's disappointing because at the end of the day, it's just a job. Or maybe you get into a relationship with a, maybe you're single and you start dating somebody. Man, this is it. This is the one. This is the person. This is my person. And then maybe over time, you start to realize that it's not that person. You had high expectations for it going into it. And then it slowly disappoints you. Maybe it's a vacation. Man, this vacation is going to be the best vacation ever. And then you get on vacation and somebody breaks their foot. You end up, all of the different things that can happen. And you get home and you go, I need a vacation from my vacation. <laughs> right? That was a trip. It wasn't a vacation. And you can imagine how the disciples must have felt. Their expectations were high. Jesus gets into Jerusalem. And then a few days later, he ends up dead. And how devastated they must have felt. Their expectations didn't match the reality. Yet they couldn't see that Sunday was coming. They couldn't see what was up ahead. And I want you to imagine the time between Friday and Sunday for the disciples. What that must have felt like. The grief, the sadness. Our, our leader is gone. What those conversations, their expectations had to have been shattered. This is not what I thought. I, I didn't think it was going to end up like this. That had to have been so hard for them. Dealing with grief in general is hard. When someone close to you dies or passes away. That is hard. But Sunday was coming. Hebrews 10.36. Many of you know this. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all He has promised. Jesus knew exactly what was waiting for Him. He knew that He was going to die in a very painful way. Yet He endured it anyway. You know why? Because He loved us. He knew that He was going to get spit on, mutilated, broken yet he did it anyway because he loved us and you know even with the disciples whose expectations were shattered when jesus died you know what they did you know what they did when jesus went through what what he went through and he, then after he ascended they started the church they led people to know christ peter prayed for people and they were healed while their expectations didn't match the reality of what happened, what ended up being the reality was so much better than they could have thought. God's plan is always better than our plan. Always. Patient endurance is what you need now. Patient endurance. If you look at that, endurance, what, is endu what, do, you, what do you need to to build up endurance. It takes time. If you start running and all of a sudden you say, I'm going to go run 15 miles, you're going to make it a mile and not going to be able to do it. Endurance takes time. You have to work at it. You have to put in the time into running to build that endurance. So patience also takes time. So patient endurance is what you need now. So that way you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that He has promised. 
patient endurance. God's plan is always better than our plan. hundred times out of a hundred. So even when our expectations don't match reality, trusting that what God is doing in your life is going to be better than you would have ever thought. Even when it's hard, when it's hard to get through all of that, His expectations are better and His reality is better than our expectations and the reality that we build up for ourselves.